speaking of safe spaces, and this might sound a little bit silly if I frame it this way, very often when it comes to physical intimacy, mm-hmm. if things get a little bit rough, people have a safe word. <laughs> when things get a little bit rough Bananas. in the anger department, that's yours, <laughs> huh? <laughs> no. I'm just saying, that's the first word that came to mind. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to double check that one with your husband, incidentally, minus Chalupa. But anyway, I digress. Well, here we are again. I'm about to take a bit of a hiatus from coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian after this week. So in the meantime, very happy to be together with you, my friend, Courtney Mm -hmm. Kelly. You are a licensed therapist in the mental health realm. I am a longtime patient. And today we are going to discuss something that I wouldn't say is a major issue for yours truly, Mm -hmm. but it is on my radar for a certain reason. So we will delve into that coming up in just a bit. And I think it's something that everybody can relate to, if not for yourself, maybe somebody in your life, anger management. Yes. It's kind of on a spectrum. Some people, sometimes at certain times in our life, we have a lot of anger and resentment built up. For some people, they're just more sensitive to frustration, have like a low tolerance for it. So they may get angry. But there's also a big connection between anger and anxiety, which is really interesting too. So that could be something that if people are suffering from anxiety and worry and that kind of thing, to see the connection between maybe why their fuse is so low sometimes. I don't want to use a technical term right out of the gate, but I have to ask you, is there such a thing as the incredible Hulk syndrome where initially you're Bill Bixby and everything is fine right. and then Mr. McGee gets you angry and suddenly you're loofering now? Well, that's the thing with having that short fuse where sometimes that happens with people where all of a sudden everything's okay. When I did a lot of anger management with clients, I would say we go maybe from a one to a 10 and for some people I'd say, okay, when we get to a five or a six, we got to make sure that we're de-escalating so we don't get up to a 10 and some people would say, well, I just go from a one to a 10 really fast. I'm like, okay, then we need to work on the one and the two and the three when you start to escalate to bring you back down. I like a couple of things that you've already said on the early side here, which is its relation to anxiety Mm -hmm. and also the five to a six, because you are not going to sit here and say that anger is always a bad thing. You can't really say that about any emotion. Sometimes it can be very productive. Mm -hmm. And that's the route where I'm going to take it down in relation to my journey, which is when I was very, very clinically depressed and my anxiety was raging, there was a lot of self-loathing. There was a lot of blaming myself for the problems that I had. And I talked about this with you in the past, how it was a lot about the women in my life who I felt like didn't love me. I didn't deserve to be loved. So I became Eeyore. And eventually when I was telling the stories as to how I was being mistreated by various women, my therapist one day said, why are you always so sad. You need to be angry at the way that people are treating you. You don't deserve to be treated this way. And a light bulb went off. And Courtney, that was a turning point for me in my therapy Mm. where the depression was so debilitating, was so crippling that I couldn't get out of bed. But when I turned to anger and I felt, you know what? I don't deserve this. How dare you do this to me? I felt empowered. 
But as you said, the five to a six, there is a line. Mm -hmm. You don't want to take that too far. And it is very normal to feel anger, to feel any of our emotions. And it's okay to feel that. And I think what your therapist was trying to do was to help you tap into a range of feelings because you were only sticking with one and it was bringing you deeper and deeper into a depression. So there are times where with clients, I'll say, well, what else do you feel about this? And they're like, just sad. And I'm like, no, are you hurt? Are you angry? Do you feel like this is not fair? These are all things that it's okay to express them. However, on the flip side, I'll talk to some people and say, you have no issues with tapping into your anger, but you need to tap into your sadness Mm -hmm. where somebody else might be just tapping into sadness and not know how to tap into anger. We need to know how to tap into all of them. And then we need to learn how to heal from that. A lot of times when people feel anger, what it actually is, is there's hurt and there's disappointment under that. So they also need to process that. But yeah, anger is very normal and can be helpful because it can kind of let us know when our values are being stepped on. But at the same time, we need to know where that line is, where it becomes destructive. Yeah. And can't emotions at times morph into ruts where you just get into this certain mindset and you find that you can't get out of it? That's a big problem that I have, again, my whole host of issues here with the OCD. Mm -hmm. Once I get on a path, I become so laser focused on it that the blinders are on. And yeah, if I'm angry, I'm ignoring my sadness and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I've never been to the point where I've been euphoric and, oh God, I'm not experiencing anything else. Hopefully, Courtney, someday you'll get me there, but we still have some work to do. See, we're trying to work on you to get to euphoria, but you're fighting us. You're getting very angry about it, Brian. No, and there may be some fears under that, maybe some beliefs for you that when things are good, and I know this is a belief of yours, when things are good, it's only going to turn bad, so why bother feeling that happy? My husband does the same thing. He likes to just stay at an even keel because he's saying, if I get too happy about something, it's going to come crashing down. He also has some of that same Yeah, you don't want to get too high or too low. You don't want to overdo your expectations Mm -hmm. in any direction. Well, and that's what some people believe, and that's kind of how they live their life. Other people like to be feeling things a little bit more in different directions, maybe more of the highs and more of the lows. But again, when it becomes destructive and it becomes an issue with relationships, with your job, with how you're functioning, that's when we need to look at it. But yeah, absolutely, anger is very natural to have. But when I work with people on anger management, I often talk to them about what are some of the symptoms of it? Like, how do you first know when you're starting to get angry? Because if we can look at that and say, okay, your heart maybe starts going, maybe your palms start sweating, or even people make a fist when they know they're starting to get angry, what kind of things they can do to relax and figure out, okay, what is it that's getting me upset? What's underneath this? Yeah, you kind of have to look at what the triggers Mm -hmm. are and you try to avoid those, but sometimes they're hard to avoid because occasionally your hot buttons Mm -hmm. will get pushed and pressed in certain relationships and that needs to be managed too. Right, and sometimes you have to talk to people in the relationships and say, listen, I know it's tempting when we're fighting or having an argument that we'll go after some of these hot buttons, but it's really important that we need to be conscious of not doing that because it's only triggering the person. And once you get to that eight, nine or 10, forget it. You're not speaking logically. You're Mm -hmm. not in wise mind. You're not able to have a productive argument. And that's when I talk to people about stepping back, taking breaks, taking a time out, having a word that you would say to the other person to mean, okay, we've got to stop this right now. We'll address it later when we're both calm. That's when the anger can become an issue is when it's hard time for you to be able to control it. I have a recent experience with this just over the weekend where my wife and I started having a dispute and it went in such a direction 
that I got so angry that I mm-hmm. ended up saying something that I regretted mm-hmm. and it took me two or three days to get out of it. No matter yeah. how much you apologize and no matter how much you say you regret it, once the toothpaste is out of the tube, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to get it back in. So you really have to be cognizant of that kind of thing. It really is. And once you cross certain lines, it's really hard to bring yourself back and to heal from that for both people because you may feel terrible that you said it and they feel terrible that they heard it and received it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about anger is really knowing if you're starting to feel like some of your anger is feeling out of control, we definitely always recommend therapy to get some help around that. But of course, using relaxation, using things to calm yourself down, also getting exercise, just even going outside and walking and getting some of that frustration out can be helpful. It can clear your mind too, so that you can start to think a little bit more rationally about certain things. But it's okay to feel some of these hurt feelings and disappointment. That's okay. The anger is actually just kind of shining a light on something that's just not feeling right to you in your life. So it's deciding how you want to work on that. So it's just giving you more information. But also one of the things when we do have arguments, I talk to people about using I statements rather than saying, you always do this, you never do this, and you get me mad. It's like, no, take responsibility for how you feel. Tell the person when you do I'm this. I'm a prick. I'm out of control. <laughs> well, it's interesting you say, when you do A and B and C or whatever, this is how I feel. This is the effect it has on me. And this is maybe my request for what we can do going forward rather than just blaming and shaming because then the person gets very defensive and it gets into this big, huge arguing Or to which she says, oh, it's always about you. (laughs) Excuse me. Well, there are proper ways to process things in healthy ways, Mm -hmm. but you also have to watch out too for the unhealthy ways. And one of the things when it comes to depression, when it comes to anger, you throw alcohol into the mix. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that it can be a depressant and then you hear things like, oh, the angry drunk. And that can take your level 10 anger to a level 12. Yes. You have to be aware of stuff like that. You're having drinks. You start having this conversation. Put the brakes on things when it's getting into territory that's very tense. Or Mm -hmm. maybe it's the same old argument you always have. But again, you may say something that you regret. And also, again, you're not in wise mind. I tell clients this all the time. If you drink or if you're using a substance or even if you're not taking care of yourself well, if you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, you're not in wise mind. You're not able to say, okay, let me look at the bigger picture here. What are the consequences of my actions? If I do this, then what could happen here? And looking at it longer term, you're more in a place of, I hurt, so I'm going to lash out. And that can be very unhealthy for a relationship. And the other thing about anger too, we have a false sense of empowerment. When we feel angry, we feel empowered. But how many times do you see somebody who's angry and you're like looking at them and they're just like, you know what? And another thing, they don't look in control. They look out of control. So I remind people of this too. How does that look when you see it? Maybe you feel empowered when you're doing it, but how do you think that looks? Courtney, what about being on the receiving end of that rage Mm -hmm. and how people need to manage it from that perspective? Right. It's really, really important. You don't want things to turn into an abusive situation. Of course, we have resources, catcountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page, if you're having any issues with that to definitely get help right away. But yeah, when you're on the receiving end of somebody who's raging, I mean, that feels awful. And it also triggers your own anxiety and depression. And that can be just like a circular thing of everybody's triggering each other in their baggage. And so it's really important to be aware of that and have a sensitivity about it. And when you're calm, have a discussion and have some of these limits, these agreements between the two of you so that you can figure things out and say, okay, we're not going to cross this or let's catch each other before we go into this controversial place. Really important to take care of each other in that. And sometimes we haven't learned that. A lot of us learned how to be passive and just take it, take it, take it and push it down, push it down. And then we learn 
learned how to be aggressive. When we can't take it anymore, we blow. A lot of us don't know how to be assertive in the middle and discuss what we need in a calm, very respectful way. It's very scary. So that's a lot of what I do in therapy is teach people how to be assertive, how to share your needs and how to be respectful of others because it can be hard. We don't always learn that in our families. And really watch out for taking anger out on somebody else, Mm -hmm. belittling them to make yourself feel better. That is something that you see time and time again, Mm -hmm. not only in intimate relationships, just walk into a retail establishment and watch how people will just pick on somebody who's getting paid hourly Mm -hmm. to make themselves feel better, to empower themselves while they're ruining somebody else's life. Right, right. And it's really sad when you see it because you're just like, oh my gosh, why are you doing that? But again, it's probably because of that person. I mean, happy people don't do that to Mm -hmm. other people. So they have their own issues that they're battling with. So if you're on the receiving end of that, it's always good to keep that in mind. After doing many years of working with the public, I keep that in mind. And what I also say to clients when they come in and they're really angry and they're lashing out about things, I say, listen, this is a safe space where you can get this out and I will validate your feelings and we will process this. But you got to know out in the community, (laughs) this is not acceptable behavior. So we need to work on how are you going to manage this and to change this when you go out in the community because you will be judged for this. And it may also be destructive for others. But I say, I will help you with this. And I won't take it personally. But again, I'm a trained professional in that world. (laughs) But if you go out into the community and start doing this, you're going to have some negative consequences. Now, speaking of safe spaces, and this might sound a little bit silly if I frame it this way. Very often when it comes to physical intimacy, Mm -hmm. if things get a little bit rough, people have a safe word. (laughs) When things get a little bit rough in the anger department, that's yours, (laughs) huh? (laughs) No. I'm just saying, that's the first word that came to mind. Okay, well, I'm going to double check that one with your husband, incidentally, minus Chalupa. But anyway, I digress. But there may be something that you can use in that way to sort of try to diffuse a situation. Mm -hmm. Now, I have talked about how working with my brother in creative pursuits, he and I have worked together both in radio and in TV writing. And when you're trying to be funny, there can be a lot of disagreements. And sometimes it's not so funny, folks. It isn't. You know, you're trying to find the yucks and it's really escalating. there, There were times where we legitimately had to come up with this thing where we had to say, look, one of us, when we see it going to that place, has mm. to step in and say, okay, time out, knock it off. This right. is not productive. This is not going to go down a good path at mm-hmm. all for either one of us. And that was the way that we were able to get out from under it. Now, I always said <laughs> that the one time when somebody said, okay, we're becoming unreasonable, if the other guy says, yeah, you know what, bleep you, we'd both end up dead. <laughs> because it becomes like the Frank Costanza, serenity now, <laughs> insanity later. <laughs> you can only push things down so much. But by the same token, as with, as you said, on the rate scale, the five to six Mm -hmm. to the nine to 10, you've got to find that middle ground. Right. You do. And that's really wise. You two were very wise at younger age when you were out there. Well, we were in our thirties when we finally figured it out. We weren't that young. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was thinking you were in your My mom was like, where was this crap when you were 15? (laughs) 
But you had to. It was for survival. You didn't want oh, to yeah. you know, get to a certain... Look, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment in Los Angeles, oh. and we were in an office that was the size of a walk-in closet. That was our 24 hours a day. So you wow. can only imagine. And trying to do something creative besides, yeah. that was very difficult. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And that's also, I mean, it's very important to remember that, too, because when you're at like a two or three or four, you're starting to build that anger. But yeah, when it explodes and it gets up really higher, that's when things happen. This is <laughs> But this is where road rage comes from, right? Oh, I God. Mean, people, yeah. especially a lot of times people are very anxious on the road and they see somebody else acting erratically or how they perceive it to be something that is not comfortable for them because it's throwing them off. So their anxiety jacks up. And this is where road rage comes from. It's anger, but it's actually from the anxiety. And sometimes scary things can happen. I once had a person that told me they chased someone oh, and God. like pulled them over. And I'm like, you could be really in a lot of danger. We need to work on this. There are a lot of other psychopaths on the road who could scary. really hurt you. Mm-hmm. And that is a really good spot to be able to see a lot of the rage. Yeah. Like you said, the roadways. You want to see it somewhere else? Why don't you follow a political discussion on social oh, media? Yeah. And then you see the same yeah. thing. And we see people increasingly mm-hmm. getting angry, especially when it comes to discussions of politics yeah. and how divided we're becoming as a country in so many different directions right now. And I think people are afraid. They're scared. They're worried about things. They want order. They want people to see things the same way they do. And mm-hmm. it makes them feel a lot better. They don't like that gray area. And a lot of it is, though, we need to find those gray areas. Like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe we don't believe the same on this, but maybe we can agree on that. Or maybe we can just respect each other in a certain place. We've lost the middle ground. Yeah, very, and very that's difficult. dangerous. Yeah, and so there's a lot of digging in the heels and like, nope, this is what's right. Yeah. And you're at a nine or 10 on your side, and mm-hmm. I'm at a nine or 10 on yeah. my side. As we said, where's the fives and sixes? And that's the thing we need to be aware of because this is tearing us apart. And so we see that in our society in different ways. And maybe especially during times of high anxiety and uncertainty. That's another thing that triggers us as humans, uncertainty. We like to be certain and we buy into the illusion that there's a certain certainty. Obviously, there's a lot of change in life, so Mm -hmm. it kind of can be an illusion, but we don't like anything to shake that core. And when it does, it turns into that anxiety. And then the anger makes us feel like we're taking control, like we have some kind of power over it, but it can be healthy. To become more self-aware about your anger and where the lines lie, Mm -hmm. are there certain questions that you encourage people to ask themselves when they feel themselves getting a little bit worked up in that area? Well, I do encourage people to try to engage in some kind of relaxation every day. And when we talk about meditation and relaxation, it doesn't have to be where you're sitting there and just saying mantras or getting really into some online meditations or something like that. It could be taking a walk and just breathing and focusing on your breathing. It could be even doing dishes. I had a client who loved to have the bubbles and like it was very therapeutic. No. In my- this is what you use on your husband. Say, you know what's relaxing, honey? And you know what? Vacuuming. Carla called. She said, can you slip on something about chores? How about changing the linens? Uh, but it can be any kind of activity that you can do and enjoy and be in that moment with it. And it can be very therapeutic. And just breathing and taking some time to relax. If you start to get a little bit edgy about something, sit and figure out what is that underneath it that's really getting me upset. 
But the other thing is, I always talk to people, like I mentioned earlier, about their functioning. And if something's getting in the way of what they want, and if people are telling them this is a problem, and you're feeling this is a problem, a barrier to your relationships or your work, it could be even like recreational time or with your kids or whatever it is, then maybe you should take a second look at that and do some exploration around that. A question that we often ask for any form of dysfunction. Courtney, when it comes to anger, are people hardwired that way? Is it genetic? Mm -hmm. Is it something that you learn early on in life? Right. Is it an environmental thing? Mm -hmm. What is it exactly? Where does most of it come from? Well, reading up on this, a lot of experts are saying, well, it can be a combination of things. And also some people are born with a low tolerance for frustration and maybe they're just built more sensitively than other people. And then when they encounter certain setbacks or certain things in their life, it can trigger them to have more of this anger and quote unquote, you know how some people are called like the hothead or somebody who Mm -hmm. gets upset. That could be something that's more genetic, but there can be environmental. Like sometimes this is a way that people learn how to cope. They see it in their family. They see it with their parents. They see it as, oh, okay, when something doesn't go your way, you are the louder one. You are the one who (laughs) you're getting your point across. Doesn't mean you're right, but sometimes people learn this as a way. And like I said, also with the anxiety, physiologically, it can trigger that that anger. Think of a four-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. And if you are a parent mm-hmm. who gives into that, right. what message are you sending to that youngster mm-hmm. and what are they going to turn into eventually? And sometimes our behaviors, they start out one way and it does actually, it's adaptive because we get what we want. Maybe we're the loudest. Maybe we're the one throwing the fit and people just want to pacify us. But eventually, sometimes it will become a dysfunctional issue because we're not getting what we want anymore and we're actually having a lot of negative consequences from that. So we have to look at that too and say, maybe this is how through my life I've intimidated people or this is how I've gotten what I wanted through this, through some of these behaviors, but maybe this doesn't serve me anymore. If you notice that people around you are starting to shut down and if you notice that you're losing friends and people mm-hmm. don't want anything to do with you, right. I know the knee jerk for a lot of people is, well, it's them, it's not mm-hmm. me. Sometimes it's time to look into the mirror and say, am I causing this? Am I behind this? Right. If you keep seeing this pattern and you hear it from other people, as we always say, the common denominator is the person. <laughs> if you're hearing it from multiple people and go to sources that you trust and that you respect. And if you're starting to hear some of this over and over again, it's like, okay, then maybe this is an issue that I need to work on. And there's no shame in it. Again, this is a normal emotion. It's just that it's our go-to and it's something that's not healthy for us and it's causing us problems, then we need to look at that. All right. Well, Courtney, while everyone is calm and (laughs) level-headed, if they need to get in touch with you politely and without rage, where can they do that? And I say also have compassion for yourself. It's a hard thing to have to deal with. Screw yourself. Have compassion for me. (laughs) (laughs) These are hard emotions. Anger can be exhausting too. It can take a lot out of your life. So it's important to have that compassion. But yeah, absolutely. If you need some help working on this and you need to be pointed in a direction, feel free to email me wellness at wctk.com. You can also go to catcountry.com wellness Wednesday page. We have lots of great resources and how to find a therapist. At Cat Country Mornings on socials, we have individual pages, Brian Mulhern, H-E-R-N, Courtney Kelly, E-Y, and Courtney Kelly Bedard. And then, of course, you can check the podcast out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on your smart devices. Please tell your friends about it. Courtney, I know that you're furious to have to work with Ben DeCastro <laughs> next week, and I don't blame you. 
try to keep that fury at a five or a six. I have to say, Brian, one of the coping that you use is brilliant because they talk about how you should use humor to diffuse your anger. And you are very good at using your humor. So I want to acknowledge hey, you It's for been that. a long time defense mechanism <laughs> <laughs> in areas that don't only include rage. <laughs> but that's another podcast for another time. For another you time. and DeCastro can cover Let that Let me write that week. one down. Okay. <laughs> but in the meantime, thanks for coping on the couch with us. I'm Brian. I'm Courtney. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. She'll see you next week. Brian's out of here. <laughs> I want to talk about me. Tell me.